0: Good morning and good afternoon welcome to this week's edition of shop talk radio i got a full house i'm tom dorsey and i'm here with an awesome round table of experts you might recognize some of these folks these are the guests we've had on over the last three weeks talking about best practices to drive higher build uh, hours per ticket Uh, average build hours per ticket, and revenue in general. And so we thought we would get them all back together so that we could pick their brains, learn from these folks, and drill down into some more specific details. Uh, So I want to welcome back first, Brittany Schindler. Welcome, Brittany. Hey. From Rod's uh, Japanese and Rod's Master Auto Tech in Bellingham, Washington uh awesome second location is about two months old now and already woo, to the moon uh bruce williams is joining us he was on last week awesome insights from bruce williams last week welcome bruce thank you tom there and we got christoph Schaffer back video's working he's got a strong internet connection and we are going to learn some more gems because you know christoph really got us inspired by some of the uh, conversation that we had uh, around technician auditing inspection auditing creating custom inspections really good stuff and so uh, have your questions ready folks you know use that chat button use that Q&A button in there to get involved and uh, you know learn uh, we really want you to be able to take away an action plan with some of these ideas that we've been covering over the last three weeks and be able to implement them tomorrow morning uh, so don't miss this opportunity to interact Uh, don't be shy and you know if you don't agree challenge us right challenge us do that through the Q&A do that through the chat function Uh, and of course joining us our expert panel of experts uh, Uwe Kleinschmidt and Bill Connor welcome gentlemen
1: great to be here
0: good morning good morning so let's just jump right into it because I really want to like I said get you know we had great conversations I think with each uh, you know of these shop owners and you know we talked in some pretty broad terms Uh, but I really want to drill down by workflow step today and give some concrete takeaways for folks, Uh, and then also give you an opportunity to get some more information. Maybe some of the things that we've learned over the last three weeks are still vague, or maybe you tried implementation, but you're having some challenges, Uh, and so now this is the opportunity to kind of uh, hash all that stuff out, be ready for the morning. Uh, I think before we get started, I'd like to really just kind of go around and, and give us, you know, because... Really what attracted me to have the three of you on the show was the consistent application of the best practices and the results, right? Uh, I mean, anywhere between four and, and sometimes six build hours per inspection. Brittany Schindler shop is running something like 18 recommendations per inspection and 80% picture edit rate. I mean, some of these things are incredible. Some of these things you would have folks tell you it can't be done. And, and so that's why I really wanted to get this group together, because A, they're doing it, they're doing it at volume, and they can give you the insights uh, to help you to be able to do the same thing. Uh, so great opportunity today. So if we could, Brittany, I think I'd start off with you, is just kind of say, and we talked about it when you were on the show, but, but, but give us a refresher, uh, especially kind of getting thrown to the wolves like you did. You were young when you came in, started working for Rod. And then all of a sudden you became the implementer for auto about probably four or five, maybe even six years ago. Um, and it just kind of had to make this thing work. And, and boy, did you, so what were the early challenges? How did you overcome them? And now what would you say is the critical success factors to keep the success rolling, to keep consistency? What do you do to make sure that, you know, that all that work you put in is going to continue to pay off in the future?
2: Absolutely. I think some of our biggest challenges, and even specifically myself too, like coming in, like you said, I didn't really know anything about cars, even though my dad owned an automotive shop. Sure. Um, so confidence was really lacking. It's like, okay, a fluid exchange the customer needs, right? And okay, but their car's still running. It could be fine if it leaves, so we could just let it leave. You know, I would just presented it to the customer. I was lacking a lot of confidence, I was la- lacking uh, knowledge of what it took to do that. Um, when we started having team meetings, we started to discuss those things like, hey, why is it important to do these things on these cars? Why is transmission food important? Why is struts important? Why is, um, you know, maintenance items that aren't gonna make the car run any different when it leaves here, um, why is that doing right by the customer? It was just a lot of knowledge. I noticed things like now um, when I'm auditing in, uh work orders when the customer leaves, I'm like, man, why aren't we selling this specific service anymore? So what I do is I write that down, and then we talk about it at our, our Friday lunch meetings together. I'm like, hey guys, let's all as a team, let's all talk about why struts are important to replace by mileage specifically. And we all go around the whole table, and everybody kind of puts in their two cents. And I I don't even I didn't really tell that to the advisors. We just uh all start chiming in and saying why it's important, and it kind of builds that confidence back up in the advisors. So confidence was one big thing, as well as knowledge, um, and then uh, we started offering a lifetime warranty that also shot up our ARO too, and just really explaining to customers the benefits of getting these services done. And a lot of it is explained on the inspection, thankfully.
0: Yeah. So that's really brilliant point, right? Is that it starts a culture and it starts with an open, you know, it, there is no dumb question uh, because that's the only way you're going to help other team members to, to improve and get to the level that you expect them to be at. Because, you know, you might have that A tech in there, but gosh, if he's not sharing that knowledge and helping the C techs and the GS and, and, and new people at the front counter who may have come from outside the industry. Well, then it's just it's just a, a Titanic just waiting to hit the iceberg. You just haven't hit it yet, uh, but it's coming. But if you open up and you say, there is no dumb question, I'm here to share my knowledge. I'm here to share these experiences. And, and and I thought that was a really brilliant point is to have that in your weekly meetings. Talk about the basics, right? Football players, you know, at the top level, the, the champs that won the Super Bowl still practice blocking, still practice tackling, they still practice the basics. Uh, and so it's, it's really going to be helpful in your operation to do the same. Christoph, if you could tell us a little bit about how you know what challenges you overcame you know you were kind of you're uh, in a similar situation I think with Brittany working with your your father you second generation owner kind of coming in maybe third I don't know we've <laughs> been up there a long time in the mountains <laughs> and uh, but but how is that from just kind of coming into the business and then getting uh, taken on this digital inspection program implementation Because it's not just, you know, a simple kind of overnight thing, as you all know. And and then especially getting into the workflow implementation and really starting to change processes. And that might be difficult to do, especially in an established shop. How did you manage that?
1: Um, So like you said, it's not an overnight success thing. And so you probably the biggest challenge is you can't go into it with that mindset, you know, see what Brittany is doing, what, what I'm doing, what Bruce is doing it didn't take, it wasn't overnight for us. You know, it was small steps, um, over time, you know, like when we first started, I might've had pretty sure like a 3% picture edited average, you know, and now we're up at, I don't know, it's close to 80. Um, and same goes for, um, recommendations, you know, you just, it's just small steps at a time. It's not an overnight success. Um, and you treat it that way. You treat it just like any other success you know you just tackle one thing at a time um and then like you were saying tom um it, what we were an established shop and we had our paper system dialed i mean we were very efficient um but it's archaic so i wanted the digital um and just convincing even you know my young techs and my older tech um that this was this is it's, it wasn't going away Um, was that was very difficult and it was just every day you know um, reassuring that and not taking your hands off the wheel and thinking it's just going to work itself out just every day is constant work so 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 would you do
0: you feel like you have the digital process dialed like you had the paper process
1: yeah oh it's way more dialed now than yeah it's way more dialed because i can track things Mm -hmm. you know you can't do that with the paper you just have an inspection to look at but with the digital thing, I can I could see, like, where certain we're technicians, you know, we have three techs. I could see, oh, this guy's good at taking pictures. Why don't we have him in the meeting next week, tell the other guys what he's doing for his success. And maybe this guy over here is really good at selling maintenance. I mean, I have all this data I can track and I could see where everyone's strength and weaknesses are. And then we can share our ideas to make sure that we all have. It just it just ups our whole process
0: and that's something teamwork makes a dream work.
1: Yes. <laughs> so
0: Bruce, how about you buddy? Um you know, kind of a, a I think a different situation really and and in, in in with the volume that you that you produce uh had to have been a challenge. How how did you get it done?
3: Well, definitely it was a challenge especially when we uh expanded our shop trying to design the front front end uh with three service advisors possibly four. That we can have the customer communication, the customer relationship building time without also having a ton of noise beside you. And We still, still deal with that, but we've, we've basically redesigned it a couple of times. We've brought in some different um, dividers because really you want to have an uninterrupted conversation with your customer Interesting. to really work on the history, the deferred work, what's expected when they're at the shop. What kind of maintenance preference do they have? And really dig down into why, like Brittany says, doing product knowledge with your team. And so you can confidently talk to the customer about why's and how's of doing all these services, what the benefits are to them. And again, like Brittany says, because when they drive it in and drive it out, they don't feel any different. And it might have been a $600 bill in maintenance services, but they don't understand why. So having that product knowledge to be able to have a conversation, slow down the process a bit has really, really helped a lot.
0: Yeah. And so what do you have in place now? Like what, what's the important things that you're looking at to monitor from a monitoring perspective, from a data perspective to say, you know, we're doing it right. We're, we're, we're improving daily. We're going in the direction I want this team to go in.
3: So we definitely uh, edited pictures, you know, and that's proven in, Every time we get a little bit lazy with edited pictures, ARO drops. You talked
0: about it when you were on last week, yep.
3: Totally, every time. And um, motors research time. The more detailed you can get your inspections for them, so when the customer's looking at that, they understand. You've drawn attention to uh, fluid samples or worn out parts with arrow circles. It, it's amazing when you do all that extra editing on the inspection research time like I don't know what mine is like almost 660 in the last 90 days because of the editing. So it's, you know, it it, it sells itself. It tells a complete story to the customer. So they're when they're researching it for that long a time, they're ready for a good conversation with you when you talk to them on the phone and at pickup, they understand the extensive inspection work that you've done on their car to give them the best results of the health of their vehicle.
0: Yeah. And that is, that is a really amazing metric, you know, because it, it correlates so directly to revenue, right? I mean, it could almost, you could almost say 600 second motorist research time, $600 ARO. I mean, it really, you know, 700 motorist research time, $700 ARO, because it really does. It, you have to almost try to break it. Uh, you have to be doing something, you know, drastically wrong, <laughs> like insulting the customer or something before you send the text, Uh, To have that high of a motors research time, it doesn't translate into approval, uh, into approval rate. Maybe it doesn't happen overnight. Maybe you have a little fine tuning to do. And maybe because I I like to I like to use the analogy of telling a story, right? Publishing a story and taking a market and then then people are reading your story. And, you know, I mean, look at some of the greatest, uh, you know kind of series of books, Stephen King books or JK Rowling books, you know, they had a small group in the beginning that kind of got it. And and then, but, but now they're these, you know, phenomenons, right. And and, and so many people they are ubiquitous in our culture. And and it's because, you know, really, once you have that set expectation and you know uh, uh, what's expected of you, well, then it's easy to follow the story. It's easy to, to, you know, just do the next step, just approve that next appointment, approve that next job because, well, you know, uh, I have that trust developed and, and, you know, it's almost as if, um, you know, you're going to mock me or, or what am I a moron? I, I mean, I can see the pictures now I have to fix it. you know I'm not fixing it. What, what's wrong with me? Uh, and it's only, there's almost that kind of own self guilt or pressure you'd put on yourself because it becomes so transparent at that point. Wouldn't you agree, Bill?
4: yeah i would and um you know they brought up a couple good points already but what i'd like to understand a little bit more about is the story that you're talking about you know is the same story that we used to use show and tell at the side of the car maybe they could talk about a, a few of the things that they're actually making sure are included in this story that they're doing such as well i mean at the side of the car you know the technician would point to it they'd say what it is what needs to be done and the reason why it should be done today Um, you know, those are some of the things that we would expect in that story. You know, how are we leveraging that? Are we using the guided inspection or are we discovering that during our, our team meetings and then adding an inspection sheet? Um, some things like that. And we'll probably get into some of this a little bit as we go on. Yeah, that's
0: a really good point because that feedback and improvement, it's constant improvement, right? It's like a living document, that inspection sheet, it should constantly be, be evolving. Um, not forever, right? Because it's going to get bulletproof. Um, But one of the and one of the most important things, I think, is specialization, right, is you don't want to put all everything into one. Inspection, you know, and, and then it becomes this behemoth and then you start to see uh, shortcuts and mistakes, it should be d- divided up right you you, you, dr- you drill down you go deeper on a specific uh, specialized inspection, uh, but we can talk about that, like Bill said, when we get into the inspection topic, Uva, uh, you know any any questions for this panel before we get into the into the uh, workflow steps.
5: Of course. <laughs> um. I just want to add one more element to it. There is no question whether we should do it or not. right? this motorist research time, we actually came up with that when I noticed myself doing so much online research that I thought, the two hours gone, what did you do, right? And then realized all facets of our lives where we do make decisions about anything is now triggered by some online lookup, right? You know, my favorite example is, you know, a while ago, probably customers who didn't understand what a timing belt is would ask the service advisor on the phone what that is. They would, because that was the trusted expert. Today, they might just hang up and look it up. Right. Or just and,
0: google it without even hanging up right because it's that or fast. googling
5: while know. being on the being phone, right on the and, phone. The,
0: and then they're going to test you then they're going to test you oh, <laughs> and,
5: and oh, then finding I'm out it's a rubber band 450 bucks why are you charging me 750 so we're, you know somebody has to connect the dots right can
0: get it on amazon and, for 79.99 <laughs>
5: <laughs> at i checked power. it it's not that cheap tom unless you buy some you go to alibaba um it's on amazon <laughs> So, so, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is um, <clears throat> we are piggybacking on a habit we have developed, which was triggered by probably Amazon as the first yeah. uh, super successful um, online place to, tr- to buy. And, and, and let's make no mistake, this is not the end, right? For me, Back to your question, what are my questions for the panelists? The the one I I really um, know is delicate, is you know, service advisors, seasoned service advisors, where the focal point of all knowledge have been for as long as we know this industry, right? And so, how how have you created a rethinking of their role. where not everything has to be talked about on the phone, but it gets packed into the inspection result. So we place talk on the phone by image editing and writing notes. So so how how did that process go? And how much resistance was there and how did you overcome it, if any?
3: Uh, Well, I can speak to that a little bit, Uwe. The the only reference I have is myself being a long-term tech, service advisor, manager, you know, wearing all the hats. And then when I transferred to the digital inspection process, it was hard for me to do the transition and get used to doing that. But my service team up front now are quite young. And I found great success with somebody that understands general automotive maintenance and repair and then teach them a little bit more depth on the product knowledge and then just under teach them from green to understand this is our process, this is their system, this is what we do, uh, especially with the guided mode, they learn very easily how to go through it at the right order and there's no pushbacks. Now, I don't know if Brittany and Kristoff can say the same thing because if, depending on what they had for service advisors before, but definitely with me, it was hard to change and it's hard to change our long-term customers when we did the switch. Right. To understand, because they come, they always ask me questions, come over in the parking lot and have a look, come and do this. What do you think I should do? And now transitioning and me, I really had to get out of my own head and step back and let the system and the process work up front that we put in place. Mm-hmm. And it definitely wow. works great with our young service team. They set it up, they stage it, let the customers know they are going to get um, an inspection result, either text it or email That's and right. go through it. When they, so what transforms the customer's thinking in it.
0: What made
5: you, what made you, um, drink the Kool-Aid? Was it trying and trying and be successful or just power of will because you knew it's going to be successful?
3: Um, you know, I'm always looking at ways to be innovative. And when I first looked at this, uh, being in Canada, they come up with a DVI and I was just seeing you guys come online. I think I've been with you guys almost from the beginning. As soon as I see it, it just lights went off in my head that this is the way of the future. There's no question about it. Like Bill was saying, talking into what would you do? What do we do different now compared to when we had to bring a customer back in the shop? If you talk to a customer over the counter about their brakes are worn out and they need new ones, they hear that, but they don't really understand. So you've had to bring them back in the shop, walk through the shop, bring them to the car, Point it out and as soon as they see it, they can't unsee it and they understand what it is. And now the inspection process does that when we send it out to them. They actually get to see their their parts, their car. And like you said, you could tell them a story all day long on the phone. They can easily unhear it, forget it, misconstrue it. But as soon as they see it, you can't unsee it and it's, it's factual. And it sinks in.
4: One of the interesting things about that in the past, we used to, part of the sales process was to control the whole conversation, which you could do at the side of the car real easy. But if you think about it now in the digital process, motorist research time is a great tool to measure how well you're controlling that conversation digitally. Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: But that's a hard, but that's kind of a hard connection to make if you're a service writer because would you agree that, this can be threatening, right? Because if you like Uva said to Uva's point, if I was the font of all knowledge and I was the most really the most important person in the building at this specific workflow step, now all of a sudden I can be replaced by this tablet by, by you know and, and by somebody who just walks in off the street and just basically puts a circle and an arrow or, or something like that, right, That's got to be a threat. How, how do we how do we still, you know, maintain that, that, that value, that self-perception of value added to the service writer who goes fully digital.
2: I think you still have to put in, in, play there that people have different buying personalities. Yeah. Everybody gets the same type of information, but the way that you present it to the customer might be different for different types of people. Therefore you do need service advisors that can read people that do it properly, And on our inspection specifically we don't have just arrows and circles on our photos every single photo that gets edited has something written on it. That says exactly what's in that picture, there is no deciphering needed for the customer, it is plain as day right then and there another huge goal that we have here at our shop. um, And we do have a really high motorist uh, inspection rating is I want my inspection written so well that the customer doesn't have to Google anything and also on there is. The exact same things that the advisor is going to say the customer read it, they looked at it, they call us and then we're going to say the same things over the phone, just to reiterate what our inspection says, I mean yeah I read that okay yeah that made sense to me. And here he is someone that I trusted that I liked when I dropped off my car telling me the same thing that you know he's really going to be taking care of me.
4: Wow,
5: so if I can channel that differently what you're saying it's not a threat to the service advisor. It's just a different channel to talk to the customer.
2: Yeah, I think it's a phone
5: goes to digital
2: amazing tool for the service advisor that's going to really, really help them win and just be successful for sure. Yeah. So
5: they they get
0: to show off their knowledge. They get to still be that 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 leader because that's what it really is. Right. It's leadership. Um, They just do it in a different format. And actually, it allows them to express themselves even more.
5: You know, if, he, and if they you save know. time, they can talk <laughs> yeah. to 20 customers at a time. <laughs> yeah. right?
1: And it's do um, that on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christophe? I I was going to say just just what Brittany was saying. It's it's a sales tool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, kind of like back in the 90s when OBD2 started rolling out and a lot of technicians thought that was a threat like oh this computer's gonna replace me you know yeah it's kind of kind of the same thing you know that that we're rolling into with the technology that our advisors have at their fingertips and another big thing that um really gets pushed to the leeway that that we haven't mentioned yet is the fact that you can or a service advisor can pull up past inspections um and that's a huge tool we use that a lot um you know, to see what condition the car was in then, you know, has the oil leak gotten worse? Is it the same? You know, um, it really helps build customer trust even more, you know, uh, when a customer comes back and, and you tell them, you know, this is what we found last time. It really hasn't progressed. You don't need to waste money on it. However, your tires have worn, way, way faster than they should compared to last time you've only gone 5,000 miles. Hey, let's throw an alignment on there. You know, it's a huge tool. Um, if you, if utilized properly, use it right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was a brilliant point. And real quick, um, uh, we've got a, a question for Brittany from the audience. Uh, Eldon's asking if you could, and this was back a little bit from when the intro, but he was asking, what does Brittany mean when she says lifetime warranty? Three question marks.
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we do a lifetime on our parts and labor, and that's against defect. You know, if a rubber's going to wear down over time, right? That's not a defect. That's just something that happens. Same with every other part, um, it just wears down over time. I'm going to cover anything that is just effective. And Another thing with our warranty is we require you to come in two times a year or every 5,000 miles, whichever comes first for a free inspection, to make sure that the work is uh, staying intact.
0: Exactly. So I I would highly encourage you, Eldon, to go back and watch the uh, episode when Brittany was on by herself because she talks a a lot about that and how they leverage that lifetime warranty uh, into their CRM and to get in that follow-up visit. I, I thought it was brilliant um and and you can get a lot of insight there so don't miss that episode as well and we'll talk a little bit about it when we get into um uh, pickup and things like that here uh, in this show uh we'll, we'll get some more insights from britney thank you britney so if we could, let's get into it because you know last week we had Bruce on and when we were talking about staging, right? Uh, and 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 we kind of had a pretty interesting conversation around that. And you know, there's two sides of the coin, right? And 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 some shops that might be something that they can adapt well to others not so much. And, and for various reasons, right. I heard a lot of different kinds of excuses, <laughs> we call them excuses, but, um, but it was really interesting because what he's talking about is staging the customer interaction during the appointment setting to, to manage kind of a deeper intake interview. Um, and, and so I think right away, what I'd like to ask is, is from Brittany and Christoph, how are you making sure in your shop that you get that, full intake interview, that, that deep conversation, uh, whether they're a return customer or brand new to your business, uh, uh, before the job.
2: Um, I, we do a lot of vetting on the phone, first of all, to kind of figure out h- how this customer is, you know, most people call in and they ask, um, a price of something then you kind of get into a little bit deeper. Like, did you just do some research or did you already get looked at? Or are you looking for the cheapest price? You kind of already learn who they are when they first come in and then they do come in, Um, And they're starting to fill out, you know, the intake paperwork and then we're just having small talk with them um, and really getting to know them. But we have very specific questions that need to be asked to every customer, whether that just be coming in for an oil change or in for diagnostics. Like these questions need to be answered. And we built it into a casual conversation that we have with the customer. I think just being very prepared and knowing the questions that you need answers for at drop off is going to make it go by really fast, but also really thorough for you guys.
0: So that's interesting. So do you profile? So do you profile those folks off of that intake interview? Do you say, you know, this person is resistive. They only want, you know, what what they came in for, they only want the basics. Or hey, this person is a lot more open to suggestions and, and more of a long-term customer prospect. And then do you put goals in place to try to flip those profile? Well, I guess flip the resistive profile into a more receptive profile.
2: Yeah, it depends. You know, if someone's gonna come in and be like, "Oh, I'm getting rid of this car next month," you know, it t- it totally yeah. depends on what what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do the inspection too. Um, but I think what, we still do the full inspection anyways, and then that still wows them, and then they're amazed and um, they're like, "Me, man, maybe I should keep this car." But um no, it's it's a lot of explaining, and I think a lot of our speeches need to get down and like listen to what you say, like. <laughs> Record yourselves when you're presenting, even at that intake interview, and then listen to it and see how you sound to yourself, because you might sound a little bit different when you actually hear yourself from recording.
0: That's great. How about you, Christoph? How do you guys find the time to do that
1: full intake? uh, So, yeah, so we kind of do the same thing. Um, We spend a lot of time on the phone initially, um, sometimes get as much info as we can, address, email, all that stuff. So we don't have to deal with that when they're there. So we can mainly talk about the process in which their car is going to be looked at. Um, we do stagger our appointments, but I'm sure the other two can attest to the fact that you get there at eight and everyone's there at the same time waiting to drop their car off. So, so it's difficult. Um, you can't control that. That pretty much happens every day. Um, but we do try. Um, and then, uh, it just, we just take time. Um, we're fortunate enough. I mean, a busy week for us is 30 cars. Um, so we're, I mean, we're talking on a Monday. Yeah. We're taking in six, seven cars, you know, and then it, it tapers off as the week goes by. Uh, so you're spending, you know, 10, 15 minutes with the customer, sometimes not even that much. I mean, you, you, a lot can be done in 10 minutes. A lot can be said. Um, and, uh, it is, uh, it's just, it's part of the process and it it helps and it builds that trust, especially with a new customer. An existing customer might only be less than five minutes, but a new customer, you know, is going to be 15 minutes sometimes, sometimes more. Um, and most of the time we're just talking with them. Um, and you, you need, one of, the, one of the things you guys were talking about is like some, a lot of people think that they don't have that time. Yes. But that time is so important. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think that you want to get a high average RO and a high picture or a high motorist research time and all these numbers, I mean, Brittany and Bruce, probably the same thing. I mean, as I said earlier, it doesn't happen overnight and it starts with the little things like spend an extra two minutes with the customer, you know, every week, try to spend on average, I don't know, one more minute with each customer and, at the end of the year, you're, you're gonna be spending 15, 20 minutes with them and you're gonna find that time.
5: And if I may, um, what I loved about Bruce's example is he's injecting role plays with the team, Yeah. right? So how, how to approach the customer, how, how do you do that? Is it like, do you do the same as a script or an outline of a script or how do you
1: get consistent? and Crystal, yeah. Oh, um. So that's one thing I really wanted to do is role play, and I keep telling myself, "Oh, we're going to do role play," but we, we've we've done it in the past, but I I haven't found consistency in doing it. That's awesome. You're doing that, Bruce. Um. Uh. We kind of in, in the beginning, I kind of would talk to the customers, and then they, my service advisors would watch. But now it's they they fully they fully have it. And I just reiterate the fact that we need to spend that time with the customers or if a customer, I guess we kind of do a little bit of role play, but not so much as like, I pretend I'm the customer, but you know, like if a customer wants this, or if they want that, or how are we going to handle this guy when he comes in, he, he only doesn't want to do the inspection, you know, that doesn't really happen, but it does happen every now and then, like, how are we going to handle that guy? Right. Um, and it helps make it smoother and, and quicker. And just, we just talk about it, I should say. I talk right. my, me and my service providers, we just talk a lot about um, H- handling
5: of objections in this case, right? That's a yes. huge deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, Good the, expect-
4: the expect- oh. say, expectation today is regardless of whether the customer is going to be at the counter or on the phone, you're obligated, the service provider is obligated to spend that quality time with them regardless. Is that correct
1: yes yep. yeah i mean in ours they they know the they know the benefit of spending that time with the customer you know um how difficult and, and was it that in the happen. beginning
5: because everybody is running around and has something else to do and now you say hey I we'll spend a more time how did that um, go
1: down? well I'll, I'll just answer really quick um <laughs> for us Honestly, we were spending the time with the customer uh, before AutoVitals. You know that that time. When we did implement AutoVitals, that time kind of went down because now we were doing more work because we we're trying to figure out the software. But now that you know, once we had it figured out, then we just got that back in. But that's just mm-hmm. part of who we. That's just how our shop is. We we just right. we care we care about our customers. We like to talk to them. So. That's where I've also,
3: just like Chris, I found the most success. When you actually spend the time to just just have a conversation with a customer, you can just see their body language completely change right in front of you. They're not standoffish. They feel comfortable now with you. And that's all in the check in process of how you communicate with them, setting up expectations. We went as far as designing a brochure at drop off. If it's your first time Customer, what to expect if this is your first time in the shop? If you're a repeat customer, what is it, what do you expect from our shop? And there's two check marks and a signature part. One check mark is that they understand we will be doing an inspection on their vehicle, period, of some kind. And the second checkbox is that we've discussed their maintenance preferences on their vehicle. What do they understand about maintenance? Do they need to? Do they want some education? Do they need to be educated? and what we actually do as a shop, as a maintenance shop. And when you have those conversations, now they're expecting a really good inspection and they understand that we may see some stuff that is overdue maintenance and we are gonna bring it to their attention. We're gonna advise them because that's what our job is. We're professional advisors.
0: That is brilliant. So uh, real quick, we got a question from Carlos Torres. Uh, How many service advisors do you guys have on average on the desk? Is the manager on the desk
3: too? Okay, for me in my shop, I have six techs and we have two service advisors and a service manager. And in our busiest months, that's nowhere near enough. I need at least one more service advisor.
0: And are you moving into a production manager role?
3: Yeah, that's where... um, my service manager i guess slash production manager that's where he would it'd be nice to be able to have him full-time doing that and not service
1: advising yeah Brittany. um
2: Oh Yeah, we have two advisors at the counter. Um, and the cool thing with auto vitals is I can see what's going on the whole day, so <laughs> I can see it from anywhere. Always
0: at the desk, at the desk right now.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I've been at the desk lately because um, I recently hired another advisor, but she didn't work out, and then um. So i've been at the front counter but actually i've been having a lot of fun i miss being an advisor sometimes so yeah and then uh, me and my going really now. good at
0: it like yeah yeah
2: <laughs> it, it's fun uh doing a little competition here with my advisor here so oh yeah, yeah we've been having tons of fun
0: smoking them
2: yeah <laughs>
0: christoph how about you buddy
1: um we normally run two advisors um however i lost one um so i have one right now and she's been with us almost 10 years um so i'm as a manager, I'm helping her out, but I'm probably only doing like 10% of, yeah. of the help. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do like, I'll probably end up doing like three to four ROs this week for her, but normally two. Yeah.
0: And then opening and yeah. advice. So, so, um, so Bruce, I, I got a question for you. So one of the things that were, was coming up was to say, you know, that a lot of people don't want, so when we're talking about staging a conversation, actually, if you could give us kind of uh, you know, a play-by-play on, on how you set up the staging and, and what does that entail uh, for folks so they kind of understand what we mean by, by staging that interaction.
3: Uh, staging um, ultimately starts after the first visit because now you set up expectations uh, of what you're gonna do for your customer. And then it's at the pickup of that appointment, booking the next appointment, explain to them how we're going to do it, fit it into their time schedule, not ours. Uh, so, what we do, I don't know what many people do, but we book everybody for three months out on a Sunday, period. So, then the week prior, the service advisors, you know, we're getting all our regular appointment phone calls and they look at the Sunday a week ahead start calling those customers and finding out what works for their time schedule, what they're comfortable with, because nobody really knows what they're doing three, four months out. You know, we can all presume, but, and then this way it just kind of, again, they're not hundred percent committed to a time. We we found great successes backing it off to the Sunday where we're going to call them and see what their week looks like so they can fit it in to their schedule. And they already know that when they show up, we're going to talk about all the deferred work that we, already talked about the last, um, and whatever's upcoming for mileage interval maintenance. And we're going to talk about that. So that's part of the staging, what I call staging anyway, setting up that conversation with them three months out, because they, it's no surprise, no shock therapy for our customers. We like to be upfront, and yeah. transparent with it, right? So they do understand, and maybe they actually budgeted for it and saved it, or maybe they didn't, but at least they know we talked about it and. Now it's not, we're not the bad guys by saying, you got $1,500 in overdue maintenance, what are we going to do about it? They know and whether they save for it or not, that's, that's now on them. And then of course, then that whole process starts over again, right from then. We talk about, uh, I had to check in a customer this morning because our front end, like Christoph said, everybody just jumped through the door at 8.05 and we're like, oh, holy cow. So I checked in a brand new customer, explained to them, we're doing a diagnostic had the time to explain to him we're also we're really a true maintenance shop and we have a maintenance system built into our point of sale and um as a new customer would he like to be on our maintenance plan and he said absolutely yes so i explained to him what it is so that we can keep the health of his vehicle uh up to date and everything's interval from shocks batteries fluid services i just one click of a button it applies it to him so now he knows that this stuff's going to come up in the future at the intervals
0: uh, that's a great point and you know carlos is asking who sets all that up uh um how much time do you set aside for the process
3: we try to get like Christoph was saying about 10 minutes once you're once you're knowledgeable with this process it actually doesn't take that long i think my conversation with the customer really only took probably three minutes to do that whole thing, you know, write the work order, talk to them while I'm writing it. Cause I'm just grabbing service packages, putting it on. And that's again, the, the, the staging, you know, what's coming in. So you're already preset with the work order. You just mm-hmm. have to maybe add a few other things with the initial conversation. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't take that long. And ultimately, even if it did take 10 and 15 minutes, you can't afford not to do it. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Back in the old days, activity base where we're getting $150 an RO and pumping through 300 vehicles is just not much fun. Exactly,
0: right? And that's that's exactly the point is that it, 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 it gives you the time to be more thorough and more engaging and more personable. And then that pays off uh, right back, right? And, 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 and so it's almost like a wheel of success, right? If you don't do it, you're just kind of always grinding. But if you do this thing and and then, you know, you kind of come out of your comfort zone a little bit and you train the customer because that's really what we're talking about. That's what that's what Bruce is doing. He's training the customer. You're taking the time to train them effectively. And then they, you know what, they can make up their mind if they don't want to be in that type of shop and they just want to go into some, you know, I'm not going to say a name because I don't want to disparage anybody who might be in the audience, but, you know, some more of a quick serve, lower budget type of, well, that's what the service they want. Well, at least they, they know they can go there and, and you, you know, you've saved yourself a lot of heartache, really. Uh, you dodged a bullet, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, and, and if and so when you do that, it, 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 it pays for itself, uh, I think, in, in multiples Because now you have somebody who's engaged with you asking questions, maybe even, and we've had folks on the show and we've had plenty of stories like this where somebody says, hey, wait a second, what about that water pump that you were talking to me about last time I was in here? Why did you forget to tell me about that? I want to get that done. Oops, you know, and that talk about some embarrassment for a, for a service writer, right? When he had this thing served us up on a plate, all he had to do is mention it. But but he skipped a couple spaces on his own inspection, and then the customer held him into check. And, and when I think once you get that type of interaction, you know that you, you are in the you are in the right space, right? Uh, you're doing it right. Um, but Bruce, what would you say to folks that, that say, you know what, I just, um, you know, either we're way too cr- uh, swamped at the counter. I don't have the manpower to get it done, even though, yeah, I understand I can't afford not to do it. I just physically, I feel like I can't do it. What advice would you give them to at least get started in some fashion uh, with being able to stage that interaction?
3: Well, definitely. First off, uh, partner with auto vitals. That's going to help you out a lot.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: And honestly, you have to slow down. You, you yeah. really got to slow down. Get away from being activity-based and be quality-based. Yes. Give lots of value. Spend time with customers. You put yourself in any situation, you go to a dentist, a doctor, if somebody you're talking to doesn't have time to discuss something with you, you're not happy. It doesn't matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. We want to be interacted with so we understand. And you really, you truly just have to slow down and build relationships because ultimately the profit margin on the other end is well, well worth it.
0: Hey Bill, hey Bill, from a trainer's perspective, how do you get that message across? Because that's a scary thing. You're asking me to slow my business down. I'm barely making my bills right now. I've got all these families to feed, all these people are dependent on me. But you're asking me to really, you know, put a put a put the brakes on my revenue generation. Are you crazy?
4: So the quickest way to do it is what we call a quick win, and that is to go ahead and show them a huge success right off the bat by doing a thorough inspection, estimating and presenting everything. And then when they find out that they don't have to go ahead and, and have the technician touch eight or 10 cars a day to make money, then all of a sudden the little light bulbs go on and they're like, hey, this is cool. I I'm not wearing out shoes you know, on, on a weekly basis. I'm, I'm saving all these steps. I'm not having to bend over rack and re-rack. So the quick win process is, is really the thing. And like I said, if they'll go ahead and if they're not bought in, the first time they go ahead and, and have a inspection that they recommend, you know, 8, 10, 12 things on it, the service writer estimates everything. They send it to the customer and the customer calls and they said, I looked this over, um, when can you have it done? Then everybody's a believer right quick. Yeah.
3: When he talks. Another, uh, another thing I found uh, great success with, instead of booking the next oil service, we're also, we're booking next maintenance service. What's due for maintenance? And we've had lots of customers that are a thousand kilometers away from their oil service, but their vehicles here. And it's a really simple conversation. Why don't we get that done early? I know you're still a thousand kilometers or miles away, but it saves you a complete um, interrupted day and another trip into our shop. We can get it done now, get it early. You won't have to worry about it now for three, four months because we're finding, um, like we talked about last time, the customer without their vehicle is stressful for them, no matter what the case is. We rely on our vehicles, whether it's parked in the parking lot at work all day long, knowing it's there makes you comfortable. When it's not there, you're uncomfortable. So when it, why would you not have it there two different times in a month for different services? Why don't you just leave it for the day? You know it's there, you know exactly what's happening. And we're actually adding oil services to other jobs now instead of the other way around. The so two uh,
4: important things he mentioned there is, is that no vehicle leaves without exit scheduling because every vehicle has a next service due, including if it needs to go to a crusher. That's one thing. <laughs> and the number two things is never schedule for the next oil change, Schedule for the next vehicle health inspection. That's right.
3: Absolutely.
5: Now we are revolutionizing again, Bill. <laughs>
4: That's what we're best at. <laughs> way of the future
0: and it's not even that hard to implement it really is just a frame of mind build a a script around it so that you develop the muscle memory and then review do regular reviews and role play introduce that role play because that's one of the easiest things to do you just walk through if somebody's not on the phone is ring 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 and, and and they'll pick up hello you know, and then just go right into that conversation and just build that muscle memory and just kind of hammer away at the same topic, you know, for a week, two weeks, paper, whatever it is until you hear them automatically, uh, you know, uh, you know, falling right into that messaging when they're on the phone in, in a real situation and then flip it up and then do role play on another topic and reinforce another best practice or another. Um, value proposition, um, um, discussion technique. And, uh, and, and before you know it, you're going to just have just, you know, just high caliber salespeople on the phone. And, and, and that's the trick is that they're selling without selling, right? That, that's when you know that you're doing it right is you, it's not selling, it's educating. And you really just taking the orders in, in, the, in the time that you as uh, your wisdom in your knowledge that's what they're relying on you for is you know when this should this stuff should be done in what time frame right and that's how we're going to start to just uh, uh build out that schedule and and exit schedule them and they fall right in line yep i'll be there see you you know see you in two months and it's as simple as that um so at least get it started right at least go in tomorrow morning uh work on that script set up those staging intervals, get that customer education. I mean, Bruce gave you a fantastic idea to have a little pamphlet about, hey, this type of shop. And you don't have to just give it to the brand new people. Give it to everybody. Give it to your customers you've had for 20 years. You know, uh, at least give it to them on their next uh, pickup or or, or drop off. And uh, and, because they're going to learn something. And it helps to educate that customer so that they follow into your process. And as they follow in, they follow almost like lemmings and they just nod their head and say, yes, a lot. Okay, let's do that. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll come back that day. Oh, yeah, i approved. Right? And you're in a really good spot. Um, last week or actually- Yeah, had- one minute. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> When we had Christoph on, um, you know, I want to talk a, a little bit about the inspection process. When we had Christoph on, he was really hammering home the importance of auditing the inspections and customizing the inspection to your operation. And I can tell, matter of fact, I've been having some recent conversation with folks that are like, hey, we're doing 40 minute inspections. We think it's broken. No, you probably need to watch Christoph's uh, episode. <laughs> That's literally what I told him. I sent him the link to Christoph's show. Why? Because it's a brilliant point is that you need to customize that inspection with the input from from your team to make it as efficient as possible and as thorough and effective as possible. Christoph, if you could give us a little kind of rundown on, on what that process looked like for you as you were adopting uh, digital inspections.
1: So the first thing I did was um, obviously if you're new to doing digital uh, inspections, you obviously have a paper inspection. So what I did is I just took our paper inspection and typed in the exact steps that we had on the paper one so it so it looked almost identical um and then the next thing i did is i got with the team and um we tweaked it to you know you obviously have your test drive we broke it down to four things every shop's different i highly highly do not recommend using someone else's inspection because every shop's different you got to make your your own um, or you will not be as successful
5: Um, can i I interrupt you i'm sorry Sure, why yeah. is why is that is it because the team buys into it
1: way more quickly yeah i would say well a it makes it easier for the team to do it because it's the same thing they were doing but just on a tablet now right. it's not different you know they're not like doing the test drive and being like oh where's i need to check the horn like why is it six pages back the way we do it here is we do that first you know so So I went with like the exact same process that we were doing it before. Um, And then we, you know, we still, we still tweak it. I don't as much anymore, but like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, my technician was like, why do we have the wind? You know, we we have a step windshield chips, you know, you probably all have that. He's like, why do we have it at the very end? He's like, that's like, usually I can do that during the test drive. And I asked the other technicians and I'm like, yeah, we, we look at this. So we have to go back and then go back into it. So, so for us, we have like basically four steps, all the stuff they check on the test drive, mm-hmm. then all the stuff we check under the hood before we lift the car, you know, cause then you have the other thing, like some of the inspections in there are, are you know, you're lifting the car up and down if you want to, you know, go step yeah. by step. <laughs> right. Whereas I tried to make it where you, you sweep, you know, the hood under the hood, And then you're, you lift the car halfway up. Now you check the brakes because it's easier to check the brakes when the car's halfway up, you know, and take pictures and then you lift it all the way up and then you do the underside. So it's like this whole streamlined process that I built and it took me, and I've said this on the past auto vital shows that I've been on the digital shop talk. Um, It's not something that takes a day to build. It took me a week, so just initially. And then, you know, I've tweaked it, you know, since then, but you as the implementer and I'm sure Bruce and Brittany will agree with me. I mean, you got to sit down and make your own inspection. It's going to take time. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to make your life a lot easier because you're going to get buy in and your inspections are going to be quicker and it's just benefits are huge. So yeah no i
0: was in a shop well it's been it's been about three months ago but i watched this guy and he walked around the car six times uh uh before they before they lifted it six times and i thought yeah and, so, and so so yeah. i asked him i said why wouldn't you just walk around at once and then do this 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 and this at the front left and then in the rear left, la- you know driver's side and then and then go here and do these things why wouldn't you do it like that and then when you get to the front you're done then you could lift the vehicle and it was like, uh, he never even thought of that because they were just going by the paper and it was causing him to walk around the car
1: six times. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, and, yeah,
4: From a trainer's perspective, I'm going to go ahead and, and recommend something a little bit different. We know that every shop is kind of an anarchist and they want things their own way. But I'm going to say, take the guided inspection that's already done, work with your shop to go ahead and get some feedback from them, arrange it in the order that you that they want it done in, And then you maybe only have to add a topic or two and, you know, things like that afterwards. So go ahead and leverage that hard work that's already been done, rearrange the order, and then ask them, what other topics do you need added to this? Or, you know, is there something that we should be doing in our shop and save that time and kind of exploit the hard work that's already been done?
2: Yeah, we started like seven years ago. So I'm not sure exactly how it was built then. Um, but I can tell you, we've edited it over a hundred times and we still do every, every Friday lunch meeting. Like we, is there anything that we need to change? Oh yeah. Like, uh, you know, add sway bar links to struts because those get replaced during strut replacement, you know, or whatever it is. We're constantly making changes and making it better and making it faster and like, Hey, take off all this extra stuff. Just say steering suspension's loose. Don't diagnose it and click, click, you know, Whatever makes them faster, and they're all about 15 minutes or less on the inspection now, with a average of 18 recommendations and an average of I don't even know 20 pictures or something like that. That's oh, incredible. Yeah, so, that is
0: incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Your numbers are incredible, Brittany.
2: Yeah, we have 100% buy-in from the technicians. That really helps too, and um, I think that's what shops should focus on a lot. Is like getting that 100% buy-in from both your technicians and your advisors. And how you can really help do that too is show them the numbers, show them the correlating numbers, more pictures, higher ARO, you know, those numbers go hand in hand, like show them that. And your paycheck
0: right yeah, And no once way. they realize that they'll go for it it's not like they're resistive you wouldn't have them on your staff if they were right they want to do the right thing they want to do the best job possible a lot of times you just don't have the information they just didn't know and mm-hmm. if you could show it to them like britney's saying is just go show them the numbers and see those correlations they go oh i could do that all day let me get right after it right and and then you get each then they're chasing each other to the top and, and, and then you're really, you're in the sweet spot, you know, you can just lean back, not for a long time, but momentarily and enjoy the moment.
4: <laughs> and really, when you think about it, until the OEM stops innovating, until the consumers stop demanding more systems and stuff on a car, the inspection sheet is never going to be at a point where it's going to be a completed dialed in um, tool. So that's where I kind of disagree with Tom from earlier, but he said challenge him. So
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. It never, I guess it never will. But what I w- am specifically what I was talking about there is too, is that once you start to feel like it's getting too heavy, break it into smaller segments, right? Break it into specializations um, because you don't have to drill down all the way. Just like what Brittany was saying, you don't need to diagnose the steering uh, to know that it needs to be looked at that, that we need to go deeper. There is it's loose there, there's an issue. And then you can have a specific suspension uh, inspection where you go into all the different components Uh, that could be faulty to create that uh, sloppy steering. And um, I think you're going to be quicker and uh, and more efficient when it comes to that. And what that leads to, at least in my experience, is higher adoption rate, right? The technicians are much more likely to be thorough and to buy into the process if it's not, you know, they're just rolling their eyes going, oh my gosh, we got to you know inspect this this is a, this isn't even a four-wheel drive what's transfer case on here for this is so stupid you know you don't want them getting into that kind of a of a mentality poking holes in the thing you want it the opposite they're adding value and and to what Brittany's point was is they're bringing up very succinct um improvements and once they do that it's their idea they're going to use it right they they asked for it now they're using it see and the more that you can get them to do that well the, the quicker that they're going to adopt
4: And of course, uh, of course, from a shop owner standpoint, we want to point out that these other inspections should be pinpoint paid inspections.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Thank you. Yes, that's brilliant. Also, right. That's another revenue uh, stream and and, or you leverage it because I didn't get to get in. I mean, we're already at the top of the hour and it's staying. I kind of want to kick myself. That's what I'm doing right now under the table. But we didn't get to get into I wanted to really get into kind of Brittany's um, use of that of that warranty. And also, you know, if you remember, if you're a regular listener to the show, we've had Bruce Nation on and Bruce Nation does something very similar to where he puts this, you know, a value, of course, on the inspection and then says, hey, it's complimentary to you if you're following this kind of plan with me. But as soon as you deviate from that plan, well, then I'm going to have to charge you. And it goes right back to Bruce's staging is setting that expectation up front because you know why? Oh my gosh, I remember he I don't, he said something about it's going to cost me more money if I don't do something. So I'm just better say yes to that next appointment. Simple enough, right? It's planting that seed and putting that information in there that says, hey, I have follow-up and I'm engaged with this shop. It's not a one and done. And, and I, I have more work to do. There's an expectation I have more work to do. And then that way, every communication that comes in from you is read, responded to, uh, interpreted, you get feedback and questions, you get that opportunity to drill down and profile and get that information. And then, of course, you get a much higher um, uh, adherence to your follow-up appointments, right? You get a lot less no-shows.
5: I think we have to do another, another show just maybe in two weeks because oh, i think we already we, had in, these
0: guys on two weeks
5: we we, we made You're it have to send them a paycheck
0: age. uva you got to send oh. them a paycheck they might come back
5: oh. okay we'll find a way <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know we didn't even get man we just scratched the surface i got to tell you that was a fast wow. hour it was one of the fastest um i thought it was brilliant i thought there was a lot of really good salient points in there and i hope that folks you know in the audience tell your friends You know, get them, point them to this, share the link when the video comes out because, uh, you know, this is gonna help a lot of people. There were some things that we covered in here that are really the fundamentals, the cornerstones to success. And you've probably been, you know, fighting a a self-induced headwind a lot of times. Uh, And I think we had some information here that will help you to, to make those wins disappear and really put you on a track to like Bill says, quick wins, and that's the key. I uh, can't thank you folks enough for coming in and sharing that information and really, you know, uh, giving us some insights. I mean, you are some brilliant operators and um, you know, it's really a great opportunity for folks to learn from you. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you. Phyllis, thank you. Guys. Thank
0: you. Lots of good information. Thanks. You're very welcome, Phyllis. Thanks for being in the audience. Uh, we're going to do it again next Wednesday. Uh, we you got Dan Garlock on uh, from Silver Lake yep. uh, coming on and joining us next Wednesday He's a multi-shop, uh, 3 three location owner uh out of the uh out of the um upper midwest out of the lakes and uh uh known him for a long time for four locations yeah thanks uva, for correcting me known him for a long time a great ati uh shop as well great operator really looking forward. first time he's been on the show and i kind of kicking myself for that one too
4: <clears throat>
0: for not having dan on earlier i said the same thing about Brittany. <laughs> thanks a lot folks thank you bill thank you uva
2: Literally Thank clever.
0: you. We'll see you soon. I'm, I will be bugging you about coming back on, I think, because we got another half to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Love to come back. <laughs> Appreciate Thank you all. You. Great show. Thank you very much. <laughs>